Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into a consistent income. And speaking of income, I'm bringing on today the author of a book called It's All About the Income, The Simple System for a Big Retirement. Michael Lynch is the author. Michael, welcome to the show. Well, it's great to be here, Jeremy. Great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we've got uh, a few things in common. One of them is that we are part of a heavily regulated industry. So we've got to read off your firm's disclaimer first. You'll get to hear mine later on the show. So here we go. This book is meant for educational purposes only. It's not intended to be personal financial advice for the simple reason that all situations are unique and it is not written for you personally. Michael Lynch is a registered representative of and offers securities and investment advisory services through MML Investor Services, LLC, member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut, 06484, telephone 203-513-6000, Representatives do not provide tax and or legal advice. Any discussion of taxes is for general informational purposes only, does not purport to be complete or cover every situation, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or accounting advice. You should confer with qualified legal, tax, and accounting advisors as appropriate. So that's a long way, Michael, to tell people that these are ideas. It's not advice because we just don't know who you are. You don't know your personal situation, but you probably should find someone to work with that knows your situation, can apply ideas like these to better your financial decisions. And you wrote a book all about that, all these financial decisions. Absolutely. You know, I, I did a radio show for 10 years and I always said, never take advice on the radio because it's not for you. You have to get it customized. Otherwise, one little thing that's an error and it just blows the whole thing for you. So yeah, you definitely get information, apply it to yourself and mm-hmm. then either do the hard work yourself or hire somebody to help you do the hard work. Yeah, you've got. Well, I was going to ask you about that, but you mentioned it. You did a radio show for a while. You've been a journalist, right? That print, radio, TV, and now you're a financial advisor. What What made you want to make the switch? Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I made the switch probably about the same time you did, uh, or when you got in. I might just be a couple years older than you. I was an accidental writer, and what had happened was I was, you know, found myself out of the city in the New Haven. My then wife was a Yale professor. And I didn't much like writing from home, which is ironic as we're all kind of got sent home a few years ago or a few years ago with COVID. And so I said, well, I either want to, you know, I want to go do something else. I like people. I always liked writing personal finance. I wrote for a, a personal finance column when I was a writer in DC. I got to do a lot of freelance. I really admired Rick Adelman. You know, Rick Adelman? I, he, he does some great stuff. Uh, that's for Yeah, sure. I dealt with his firm as a source for stuff. I said, I want to be like him. And he works with the middle market. I work with the middle market. And I just went out and did it. And it was just absolutely fantastic. Fortunately, because I was good with money in the sense of being frugal. That's kind of what being good with money is, not hitting home runs on investments because you're going to win some, lose some there. I was able to make a big transition and leave a, a career where I was very successful and earned a fair amount of money to one where I earned very little and for to start, but it got it, it got working pretty good, working pretty well. And believe it or not, I kept writing a little bit as I was going on the side to support the family as I got as I got moving up on this business. But these days it's all financial all the time now. 
Well, and you're doing writing and that's uh, communicating and that's what sure. uh, financial advice is, communicating to people, here's how you ought to go about certain areas or at least here's some places you ought to explore. Now tell me, what type of journalism did you do? Was it, uh, sounds like some financial, what what kind of was your focus there? So so I work for magazines, Monaco's Free Minds, Free Markets, Reason Magazine, and I was hired to be the Washington editor. Mm-hmm. And this was just pre sort of internet. So I was hired to write schmooze and edit in that order. And believe it or not, in a day and age when journalists were popping off every minute, my job was to get delivered nine articles a year, feature articles, columns, mm-hmm. anything. So I was a lot more prolific than that. I would write um, uh, I'd write feature stories. I did a big, big feature story on John McCain before he was popular. Then that actually got that got uh, picked up in the uh, dictionary, the Encyclopedia of Politics, which was good. Actually, the last piece, I, I, I covered interest rates in the Federal Reserve. And the point I made was the Federal Reserve doesn't set interest rates, folks. They set one interest rate. So free market will set interest rates on you. I would do a broad range of stuff. When I ended, I had a real popular column where I covered DC as a spectacle. So it was kind of like, can you believe this expletive? Or the other thing was your money at work or, you know, DC is not a swamp, it's a hot tub and it's heated with your dollars, right? And so I would go around and do things and then just report on life in DC, the schmoozing part. And it was a great place to live, it was great fun. I was never very partisan. And if you're not partisan, DC, you don't really have a place there. So it's easy to leave. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't right. have a team in the team sport. You're always kind of finding yourself on the outside. But, uh, you know, so that was a great, great, great uh, trick time in my life. Ended up having a baby moving into the suburbs in New Haven. And you know what I said? I'm done with this. Let me let me go apply these communication skills, these listening skills, these interviewing skills, these open ended question skills. And I was always energized about freedom. And then the, the role financial freedom plays in personal freedom. Financial freedom makes you personally free. And let's bring that to the middle class, right? That we don't need the key. Look, the other people are going to be fine. They could pay millions to save billions. I understand. I'm not mad at it. I'm all for it. But that's not what I do. What I do is I help people that go to work every day, typically wide range of incomes, but I help them make smart choices about their money, about insurances, about savings, about educating their kid so they can do the stuff that they want to do without stressing about money. Yeah, you got it. And speaking of money, you've got a a focus on a word related to money called income compared to another word related to money called principle. And of course, uh, we just talked about DC. It's not the principles that the people in DC probably don't have. It's, It's a different word, a different spelling. Tell me what you mean by principle and why are people too focused on that word when they should be focusing on another one? It's crazy if you think about it, Jeremy. You know, we, we know this. We live on income, right? It's income that we spend. But yet we define wealth as the assets that we have. And the asset being the principal value. I always get that mixed up. I have to look it up every time when I'm writing. <laughs> Multiple times in the same article, I'd, I'd mix the spellings up. But we focus on this value. So like right now, the stock markets, financial markets are now newsflash, right? And we were talking earlier, it's with bonds being hit, there's not a lot of places to hide. So, you know, we're looking at least 10, 15, 20%. So our principal value is down. Let's say we had a half a million dollars, 20% is 100,000, bye-bye, right? So mm-hmm. we feel poor and we, we are. If we were to take all that money, we would be short, but we never take it all, do we? If the, and if that same amount of money was still generating, 
uh, the 4%, 16, uh, 4 to 5%, you know, anywhere 60, 25, $20,000 $25, a year in income, our lifestyle is really the same, isn't it? And so it is not the principle typically that matters. Another way of saying it, that if most people out there listening, if they lost all their assets, but kept their job, they'd be okay. And if they lost their job and kept all their assets, they might have a little bit of a problem, right? So we live on income, not the principle. And this was hammered home to me at the last sort of big conflagration we had, which was opposite was happening. They cut interest rates in 2008-9. And a woman I call Maria came in my office and she worked her whole life and she worked in factories and uh, she had a half million dollars in the bank and she had a 2000 months of security and she had a certain lifestyle and she was retired. And prior to the Fed cutting interest rates to zero and just pummeling savers, she was making 2000 a month on her interest on in- income on her principal. And by the time she saw me, she was making 2000 a year. Mm-hmm. She was in misery, right? It was terrible. And so she was living on the income, not the principal, but she didn't want to invade principal. So she was up against it and it was very, very difficult for her. Yeah, I like that you bring up that story. I, I hate that the story happened, but if you think about it, 2008, 2009, the stock market dropped in half and that was no fun, yeah. but it did come back up. You know, the, the market <laughs> came back up within too. five years. Yeah. And then, but you compare it to safety, right? Your interest rates are completely safe, right? You're, you're FDIC insured and things like that. Think of, a money market. I always remember this because I remember at the beginning of 08, it was like January of 08, I was talking to someone and they said they're going to sell their house. And I said, oh, just put in a money market. You could get 4%. That was what the rates were at the time. So 4% on a 100 grand is $4,000 mm-hmm. per year. Within a year, the money markets went to 0.01. Yep. That's $10 yep. a year, right? So you think, oh my goodness, the stock market could drop in half. Yeah, it did. It dropped in half twice in the last 20 some years back in 2000 back in 2008, and both times it came back within a few years on top of that. Well, meanwhile, interest rates, you know, these money market interest rates dropped 99.9% within a year. And uh, what, what is it, 14 years later, they're starting to come back up. It's interesting, and and a few things I've, I pulled out here, you, I, I think you're gonna like uh, some of these, is that uh, you, you definitely want to simplify some things, and, and you're asking people to focus on the income, not the principal right? What income can you generate? And also I'm thinking before you do some of this stuff, you should focus on your values as in what you think your money ought to be doing for you, as opposed to what is the value of your money? So stop thinking about the value of your money and start thinking of what are your values and how can you generate the income to support that? Yeah, I like it. I mean, there's all these paradoxes we talk about, right? So we live on the principle, we live on the income, but we worry about the principle. Interest rates are the income, it drops 90%. We don't care about it. Our stock drops 20%. We cry, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, the stock drops, it's just a, it's just people trying to figure out what companies are worth, the economic environment. I mean, even you take something as complex as what's going on right now, it's all multi-causal with inflation and all this stuff. Just like back then, the financial crisis was multi-causal. So there's no, there's, there's no one person that drops a stock, but, but the interest rates dropping is government policy, folks. The government, federal government did do that to you. I don't understand why people don't get upset. So, the, so, so, you know, why is it that we live on the income? The income is, is, is far more influenced by government policy than stock prices. They crushed it, taking away the options for people and uh, people to get upset. So that's, a, that's another conundrum for me. But what I do know, though, is we need to focus on income. The second thing we like to say is you don't need it all. 
So when we're, what's a withdrawal rate you counsel on your business, Jeremy? Four to six percent, three to five, you know? Yeah, I mean, people are always talking about the 4% rule. Sure, sure. I like 4% guideline. So that means, you know, it's like a baseball game. You don't need everything to work. You don't need all the hitters hitting at once. You just need two or three, <laughs> one or two innings, right? So if you're taking 4% at a time, uh, if you have 10% that's doing fine, you got a year and a half. Now, uh, you got a year and a half of income. So you don't have to focus on all of it. You're never taking all of it, especially if it's in retirement plans, because you're going to get crushed in taxes. You're draining it out. So we need a system to manage the drain out. And the final thing I say is you can't lose what you don't have. You never had it anyway. It wasn't real, right? Like, well, you say, what well, it was there a minute ago. I just met with somebody who said that. I said, sure, but it'll be back in two years too. Like if history is a guide, which we can't predict the future. So what we try to do is counsel all this is give people a system so they know where their money is, what it's doing, what role it's going to play, and they can judge it on the right terms. They can judge it on the right terms. And more importantly, they can have confidence that they're going to be okay. Yeah, and you're talking about the sy system. It's right in your book title. It's a simple system for a big retirement. And who doesn't want a big retirement? And if you make it complex, good luck getting there. And so you've created a simple system. Tell us a little bit, how, how do you go about, what is this simple system you created? Yeah, so the first thing you gotta do is you gotta figure out how much money you need a month, right? And that like, and I don't know if you find that, but people kind of struggle with that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's like interesting, uh, people ask that, they've got this big budget and they say, uh, you know, I, I did the spreadsheet and I'm gonna spend six grand a month. Okay, so is that what you're spending now? Oh no, it's way more than that, you know? For some yeah. reason they think that the day they retire, they're gonna become, you know, a penny pincher when they weren't weren't before, and all of a sudden they'll never have an emergency fund. Like they'll never have an, a problem. They'll never want to uh, go out to dinner or celebrate anything. Like uh, they're whatever they come up with, they either have trouble coming up with it, or it's just realistically uh, too low. So tell tell me yeah, how people you go look about at their it, system. But... They look at their income as their bills, not as what they spend. We got to look at what yeah, you spend, there you go. right? That's right. So one yep. of the things that I work on. Some people actually are very good, and you get them too. They know it down to a penny. Other people have no clue, but one way we can work on is we work off of what their take-home pay is now, right? Like that's an easy way to do it because if you got your take-home, we can look 26 times, what do you have? What are you spending now? You can't be living on more than that if you're not taking on debt, right? Mm -hmm. We got it. Some things are coming out of the check. You got to add back like health insurance because in retirement, you're going to be paying, you know, maybe paying Medicare or 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 on the exchange. So that's already coming out. So you got to add that back in. So we kind of rough it out like that. So, so we figure out what the target is. Once we figure out what target is, we know we need that. Now, a great, I'm, in, I'm not in a low tax state. I practice in the Northeast, although also in the South and the West. So getting, getting down to Florida here is going to be helpful. But we, we got state taxes to deal with. We got federal taxes to deal with. And when people are working, they got a massive amount of money going to taxes. If they're good savers, their number one bill is their investments. And their number two bill is taxes. If they're not great savers, their number one bill is taxes. Because you got FICA, right? State and federal. And- what I see is in retirement, that tax bill just get, goes way, way, way down because you because because you don't have to generate the income to cover the, to cover the to cover the savings anymore. That gap goes away uh, at one thing. Also, Social Security's tax a little bit less uh, lighter, even federally, and may not be taxed in the states that the people are actually again not tax advice. You got to look at it, but you got to come up with the average tax number, and then you got to say, "What do you have?" And then you just count it up. So people need three things. The system is three things. They need reliable income. They need income that's coming every month. Because of inflation, people look, used to look at us with two heads. We talk about inflation, right, Jeremy? Not anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Because of inflation, you need that income to increase. 
because inflation is a slow erosion of value. And our older people understand this because we lived through the 80s. Like I remember the eight, 70s and the 80s, and we, I know what inflation is. I always say, look back to look forward. So we need increasing income. And also we need a safety of principle, right? We need enough safe. Now that I've distant, we need enough safe principle that we don't want to sell right now uh, the thing that's down 30% to buy our, to pay our utility bill, right? We mm -hmm. want to be getting a dollar that's a dollar. So you need an income reserve. You need to grow that income with investments. And then you want to look at the reliable income component for some reliable, for most Americans, well, all Americans, because we either have Social Security or we have a government pension, right? Mm -hmm. Either way, it's got a cost of living on it. So that's reliable income. The second thing could be a corporate pension. They still exist out there. You probably run across them, right, Jeremy? Yeah, and uh, most of our clients uh, are people that work in the Milwaukee area, that have worked for a public company with a pension. And it's it's amazing. You would, you'd think if you read the news that nobody has pension these days. I was talking to somebody yesterday. She's worked at the same place for 45 years. Number one, uh, she does have a pension, so you want to maximize what's going on there. Uh, number two, she's in the situation exactly that you talked about, where her income's closer to 100 grand, her spending's closer to like 60 grand. Yeah. Because yeah. her biggest bill is maxing out the 401k. Yeah. And her next biggest bill is the FICA and the federal and the state taxes that are in there. So you're 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 right on. You're speaking my language. That's right, man. I know you and I were simpatico. So what I will say is while you're working, income drives your life. When you're retired, expenses drive your life. And that's why it's important to get a nut on your expenses, right? It could be higher in retirement than when you're working. It could be lower. It could be the same. We can't guess. We have to figure it out, right? All those are considered reality. So you figure out what do you have. Now back to that pension. See, the press always has that problems. And the personal financial press, the, the people that are writers that don't have to do disclaimers like we have to do, they actually don't work with people. So they don't really know what goes on, right? We know what goes on because you have a few hundred clients. I got a few hundred clients, wide range, 30,000 a year to 3 million a year in income. Like we know how it actually works. And what we know is, yes, maybe only 15% of current employees today have a pension, but way more than that have had one at some point in their life and retire with one, all right? Like it's a massively different number because people go in and out of different jobs. Like I was just on a phone with somebody who left Disney. So she's a, she's a millennial, she just went to Google, but she's got a pension, right? Wow, yeah. Right? So if you survey her a month ago, she had a pension. You survey her today, she doesn't have a pension. She would say she's not covered by a current employer, right? So pension is reliable income. The thing with the corporate pension, and we do spend a lot of time in the book, you know, explaining this stuff, is it's a, it's a, it's kind of a fixed income annuity, and inflation will chew it up, right? Inflation right, will right. chew it up, so we have to know that, and we can also, if there's more reliable income that we want, you there's a plenty of insurance companies out there that offer fixed annuities or variable annuity riders, so basic annuity products. That job it is is to turn lumps of money into reliable income. Now, these can be complex. They, they got catches. So we're not recommending that here, are we? We're just saying that they exist. And, you know, it's very easy to find people that love and they hate them and they love different kinds and they like different kinds. So we talk all about that in the book and kind of how to apply it to your life and how to think about it. So, so that's one bucket. Then the big bucket is, okay, let's say we need a $6,000 a month using round numbers and we have uh, 4,000 coming in and pensions and annuities. So now I'm going to take out my shoes because I got to count. So if I take, 
If I take uh, six minus four, Jeremy, what do I get? You got to help me out here. I'm yeah, two thousand a month. You need. What? Yeah, two thousand a month. I got two thousand a month. So now, what that tells me is, I got two thousand a month that I need to generate, right? So that's twenty four thousand dollars a year. So if I'm using a four percent rule, so I'm saying I want to, I need what? How much money do I need, right? What's a pile? How how big does it have to be? Size matters, right? But it's relative yeah. size. So it's four percent uh, divided by six hundred grand. Yeah, six hundred G's. Yeah. Now, if it's if I say, well, you know what, I'm a little bit older. Let's say I'm uh, if I'm in my early sixties, late fifties, I'm definitely got to. I would probably advise staying around four, right, three to four. But I retire people all the time in their seventies, and I might say, well, hey, <laughs> you got a couple of less years left, don't you? Right, you're a little bit closer to the end. So then let's say you were able to roll that one up and let's say they want to be more aggressive. Sometimes you don't want to take it. So let's say 6%, you need 400,000, right? Mm -hmm. So you kind of got that range. So you in that range, can we make it work? So let's say we got the money, we got the 600. I mean, yeah, we got the 600,000. So we need 24,000 a year. So if we took five years of that, that's 100,000. We could get that over then into a safe bucket, right? Now, what do we mean by safe? Safety is always relative because today... Government bonds are down. You know, it's funny. We have inflation and treasury inflation protected securities are down. I haven't seen that one written up yet, Jeremy. Maybe you should. Yeah, that's that. an interesting one. Yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. And when those things first came out, I looked at them. I never liked because I'm like, they're government bonds. They're going to go with interest rates, right? Like, like I don't, you know, let's, we should get the, you know, where's uh, Jason Zweig on that one? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and all the people that said that's how you protect yourself safety. Well, I was just looking at one in a client's account, and it was in a person's account was down seven and a half percent. So it didn't work, did it? So anyway, we get that stuff over some kind of government backed stuff, though. Cash, money markets, treasuries, CDs, stuff that's not likely to go down or can't go down. Another great one. And again, we're not making recommendations here. These are just categories, just suggestions. Is stable values in company plans can be very valuable here. Would you agree? It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our five-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com. Use the number or spell it out. You'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening. And now for the rest of the show. Oh, my goodness. Everything you're saying is exactly, we, we, this was not planned. Right. No. We, we, we didn't, uh, you know, we weren't plants for each other, but everything you're talking about where the, the first thing you got to look at is your take home pay. We talk about that with, with everybody yeah. and the stable value plan, uh, is, is a likely a, just a, a hidden gem in your 401k. A stable value plan is only allowed to be offered instead of a 401k. And so your, your typical, you know, person retiring might meet with an advisor and they say, Oh, roll over your 401k to me. Well, they, you just lost out on the stable value option. Yeah. You know, they ought to be considering looking into, you know, what are the fees and expenses in your 401k and what do you have available you can't get elsewhere? And that's exactly it. The one thing you cannot get elsewhere inside your 401k is a stable value plan. And yeah, some people do it, account. some people don't. 
Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know what you do, but, you know, we're going to do a lot. This is where you, you want a fiduciary advisor, even a best interest advisor, right? I mean, they, they're converging, in my opinion. I don't want to get into regulations, but we what we want to do is do whatever we can. What's best for you. And you want, that's what you want. You want the best for you. So you look, sometimes you're restricted on the 401k side. You get tax problems on the way out. Sometimes they withhold 20% tax. It always upsets my clients. I'm going to use good language. Sorry there, uh, producer. But can we roll in and roll out? Roll in and roll out. So, you know, on staff, you know, we're running uh, six employees. We, we got a pretty good operate. Like we do a lot of legwork on this type of stuff because we want it just like you want. You want all your dollars to work as hard as possible for you, right? All your dollars work as hard as possible for you. And that, you know, so you figure it out. So we got that safe bucket. And then let's say in this example, so we got 4,000 in social security and pension. We need another 2,000 a month. We put 100,000 in, in stuff that's going to be there. We ladder it out. Right now we're laddering to kind of see these out. So six months comes in and we're getting interest again, which is nice. So now we got 50 months <laughs> that you don't have to worry. And then you get your investment as uh I would say ownership-based, equity-based as you could stand because that's what wealth is and that's what ultimately will make the money is going to be owning the companies that are selling stuff. But again, I'm not making a recommendation here on that and everybody's different. And look, I know I will work with people that are 100% fixed because that's their personality and my job is not to, you know, my job is to help them be the best they can be, the best them they can be. It's not to, you know, oppose my like, idiosyncrasies on them. But it's also for me to try to be logical and use the tools of the trade. So that's what we do. And now it works. So like right now, you can imagine markets are down. Look, if your advisor ain't down right now, he might be in jail, made up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, come on, like there's nowhere to hide in this one. And it's not terrible yet, but there's nowhere to hide. Everything's down because bonds came down too. So our traditional tools have not held up in the short run. They will hold up in the long run for sure. Uh, not, can't say for sure, but I'm, I'm confident that they will. So we're switching withdrawals. We're switching withdrawals from selling uh, uh, gains in clients' accounts to going to the reserve accounts. And that's fine. That's why we have the system. But to say we plan for this. Clients are retiring every month. Why? Because they can. Because we plan for this. Yeah, I like that you, you have there, which is, is a system. When you are working and you've got a job to do, you probably have a certain way you go about doing it. And yet you hit retirement. You've never done it before. You've never had the job of being retired or had the job of taking money out of your, your investments. And so having a system from somebody that's worked with people who have retired that have gone through retirement is, I mean, that's just kind of what you normally do in your, your working career is you have a system and you go about doing your job. Well, this is a completely brand new job of being retired and taking money out. And what you need is a system. I love how you broke it down. It's a simple system. It, it, it matches so much of the stuff we do. So I love, like it even better. Like you got to have a system does, yeah. and it matches so much of what we do. I like it even even better on there. I got to ask you one other question here because sure. uh, you mentioned kind of how the journalists that are out there need to have a problem to write about. And oh. you, you read the financial news and everyone says that America is in a retirement crisis, but in your book, you disagree. So why, why do you disagree with that? Because I, I work with a wide range of people and I live a very diverse life, economically diverse life. And, you know, our system is absolutely fantastic. But say Americans don't have access to a retirement plan is to say they don't have they, they don't have access to a bank and an IRA. <laughs> like, right? Mm -hmm. We all have access to retirement plans. We have a very, very diverse systems with multiple points of entry, exits, and a lot 
of flexibility. So the 401k, the defined benefit rep, defined contribution revolution is creating middle-class millionaires. And all people have to do is save 10%. All they have to do is read the, the book, Richard Clausen's Richard's Man in Babylon. It's been available forever. I think it's like probably a dollar on Amazon. And uh, you can read it in like 45 minutes. It's thinner than my book. Mine, it takes an hour and a half to read. And uh, you do that, you're set to go, right? So I really like our retirement system. It had people that want security and go work for government, they get government pensions. People that want to be more entrepreneurial, they can go start their own companies. We got SEP IRAs, we got 401ks, we got Roth IRAs. We have the ability, the ability, it's quite amazing to think. We think, oh, we're investing in stock. No, you're not, you're buying the economy. Everybody that works for a company now owns a company they work for. That's pretty cool, right? Karl Marx's big complaint was that workers could not own the means of production. So they were forever going to be paid just enough not to starve to death so they could get to work the next day. A little bit wrong, right? Now for $50 a month, you can own every company in America. For another 50, you can own every company globally. And for another 50, you can, you can own all the debt. Like that, my friend, is liberating. All wealth is owning the companies. And the fantastic thing about doing it that way, and admit, notice I said, I'm not making a recommendation. I'm just stating a fact, is it's passive income. That is a true passive income. My mm -hmm. father and I, we were running a, a business. My dad always owned business. And we were finishing up the last one. And uh, I said, yeah, just think of it. We would have taken all the thing you put in this business and you just put it in the S&P 500, right? You would have had no headaches. <laughs> Right, the dividends. <laughs> Altria is never going to call you up and say, "Hey, what color should we? You know, what are we going to do about the advertising now that the Marlboro Man's gone?" Right? Mm -hmm. Like, nope, they're going to work on your behalf and give it to you. So it's not a perfect system, but it's the best one ever out there, and it creates wealth and prosperity. And yeah, our so-called shrinking middle class because people are going up over middle class. That's why. So also the other reason I'll say, Jeremy, is what the, what the experts focus on is people with low income and low assets. Now, I'm not gonna say that low income and low assets is, is, is a problem, I'm, not, I'm not, not a problem, but people that don't earn a lot, social security is so fantastic, it replaces a lot of their income. Second, the Medicare subsidies, they might not pay anything for Medicare, right? And third, income statistics miss a lot of income. Uh, this guy, Andrew Biggs, who writes, he's American Enterprise Institute. He debates the woman from the new school all the time. And he wins the debates, but the press never picks up what he says because they don't like it. And he points this out. When the, when researchers survey retirees and ask about their income, they, they answer it's a lot lower than when you look at their tax returns. Because one, when was the last time you answered a survey accurately? <laughs> Right. The, if it's a few questions, it's a lot of questions. You just start hitting C. Second is privacy. You're not going to tell that person that. Third, people don't think, oh, I just took 20000 out of my uh, IRA. That's income. They don't look at that as income. You know what I mean? Right. So right there's, on. you know, and, and the final thing I'll say on that is there's a great study. I have it cited in some of my writings. It's longitudinal and it goes and looks at people that retired like 20, 30 years ago and now they're dying. And, uh, large, very few people run out. Most people die. Almost half of the people die with more money than they started retirement with. Even people that start retirement in America with like 40, 50, $60,000, they tend not to deplete that money. The one thing that'll get us here is nursing home if we don't have enough. Yeah. Well, people are smart.
they, yeah. they realize if uh, inflation changes, if their life situation changes, their spending habits have to change. And I love exactly what you said in there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start using that now, where you said when you're working, it's your, uh, your income. income that kind of yeah. drives things. And when you're retired, it's your expenses. And and people people know that. Uh, and when you uh, talk about a retirement crisis, you're just kind of a, assuming that Americans can't make a change, right? And And they're smart. They know what to do. Americans retire extremely well. And if you did international comparisons, you would see this. And people with pensions are on fixed incomes and they have a problem. People with assets are not on fixed incomes. They don't have a problem, right? Like right, their whole right point on. is to get off a of fixed income. But see, the thing is, if you say world's nice, you, you got to have problems. You know, mm -hmm. I got a sign right here. A hero needs a villain, right? Hero yeah, needs a villain. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. the villain that's the star, not the hero. And, and if you say the world's good, it's all going to work out. You're right. 99% of the time you're right, but you're not going to get booked on the news for that. You're going to get mm -hmm. booked on the news to say it's all, it's all going down. I mean, remember we had a population crisis. Now we have too few people at global cool before it was global warming. We were at peak energy in the 80s, and then we had too much energy. It's always a problem. Take mm -hmm. unemployment. It's always a problem. If unemployment is high, it's a problem. People are out of work. But if it's low, it's a problem because now companies can't get people. Oil is always a problem. If it's high price, it's a problem at the pump. If it's low price, then the oil producers aren't making any money. It's always reported as a problem, regardless of what's out there. And the reality, yes, it's a problem, but it's also a solution, right? It is a problem, but it's also a solution. High oil prices, people can serve. Alternative energy becomes, we bring more supplies on, right? Like low unemployment, companies figure out how to use technology. They get more effective. We all get wealthier, right? High, you know, recessions, prices go down, money goes farther. You know, we regenerate capital. So it's the, the good is never reported. It's always a bad. And sometimes it's just quite dishonest. I mean, I'm looking at a column here. Uh, it's I'm not going to say the journalist, but it's, it's for the premier uh, financial publication in this country and by the premier personal finance. And he's writing about, you know, how to stand up to a, a bear market. In retirement and you know i feel bad for this guy because you know i'm a writer too there's nothing new under the sun in personal finance so he's got to come up with stuff all the time but what he says is he picked a period and i got a graph here i can show it to you but he says from 1966 to 1982 the cost of living went up and the s p didn't do any returns no returns and i mm -hmm. thought hmm that's a strange time because i don't know about you jeremy but i look at this all the time and i've never had that period cited before Right, we go 73, 74, we know 87 crack, right? There's a whole bunch of, but it was never this one. So I look carefully at this and I see an asterisk. S&P 500, the asterisk, dividends not included. Yeah, of course. Now, well, you can't invest in S&P without dividends, right? This <laughs> is luck. just a lie. So then I go to this tool that we have and you have it too. It's called Morningstar. <laughs> and mm -hmm. the nice thing about investments is that it's like baseball. You can argue about who the best pitcher is, who the best hitter is. But what you can't argue about is what the bad and averages in the ERAs are because everybody verified and looked at it. Same thing with market prices. So the good news is we've had markets for a long time and you can't invest in that. But you could invest in various investments that I'm not going to say the names, but these are big company funds that some have stocks, some have bonds. And they track, they go look to the S&P and they've been around forever. So I could put it in this little Morningstar tool, right? Mm -hmm, and I could mm -hmm. see what it was. And long story short, one where you would definitely know it, over that period that this column said people got zero returns, 
in this investment, which is nothing special, it was 8.25% compounded, 10,000 turned to 37. Mm-hmm. Just a lie. So how is it that the premier financial publication, premier personal fi- lies, and the editors don't even catch that, right? In what world does this even happen? Mm-hmm. But that's what people are getting scared. So our clients read that, the more sophisticated ones, oh, we're not going to get any returns. Well, that's not what happened. That is just not what happened, right? Yeah, and even if it... Uh- had happened right when you have that uh, consistent income, that uh, increasing income from places like Social Security. When you've made a plan for what happens when the market does go down by having some set aside money and have a plan, because what if you're completely wrong and the market goes up? Well, yeah, you ought to have some money in the market there to to participate in that. That's sure. what you need is a, a system, and it's uh, that's why I love about your book is that it's got a system. Uh, what I'm gonna tell you here for everyone listening first three people go to retirement-reveal.com uh, there's a place you can contact me there just send me a note that you want michael's book and i'll, I'll mail it straight out to you so first three people that go to retirement-reveal.com and ask for michael's book i will uh, personally pay for it send it on out uh, to you but for everyone else michael how do people get a hold of you how do they get a hold of your book all right so go i got a platform on this stuff it's called simpleandbig.com simpleandbig.com and if you go there what you're not only can look at some writings and see the pretty face. I got a pretty face. I'm teasing. I don't. I created a class on this term. You should go check it out. I turned my book into an online course and oh, interesting. offering Great. it to you for complimentary free. Like if we're not charging. Okay. So you can go sign up for that. And if you don't like to read, you can watch. Uh, it's not exactly the same, but it's pretty darn close. And I know that different people like information different ways. Also, the book's an hour and a half read. It's 18,000 words. Like it's mm-hmm. my first book was, you know, 40,000 words. It was more comprehensive. These ones are designed to get the information to you. It's got pictures. It's got stories. So you'll be able to probably see yourself in one of these examples and start to put those pieces together. Okay. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, everyone go to simpleandbig.com if you want to learn more about Michael. Go to uh, retirement-revealed.com. Put me a note in there, and first three people, I will send you the book personally. But hey, go to his website. You can download the first chapter. You can buy the book there. He's got the courses. Thanks for coming on, Michael, sharing your system. It's right on. It's simple. And that's what you need is something you can follow and something that has gone through, I suppose, the test of time by just looking at at history. And and you've helped hundreds of people, just like we have, to hit retirement and, and, and do it well. Yeah, no, Jeremy's great. I, I got to tell you, uh, it's a real honor to be on here with you. And, you know, getting back to what we said, like as practitioners like you, you, you know where the rubber hits the road. We know that we got to keep it simple and then we got to apply the, those facts to, you got to apply it to the circumstances and the personalities. And um, that's why people like you are successful. You've been doing this for years and you're helping the people out. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, it's really great to be on your uh, program. Yeah, I love it. It inspired me to, uh, at some point, I'll write the book. You, you've written the book, I think, so far, but I'll, Here, I'll write it. Here, let me tell you how to do it, okay? This, uh, this, my next book is coming out. It's going to be a simple system and it's getting going. Don't blow your 20s and 30s so you can be yeah. like mm, in your 50s. And, you know, this is why I think our retirement system is so great. Like, it, you know, this is a great country. I mean, see, academics always hate us because it's not a simple one-size-all-fits system that people can manage and boss people around in. It's just so much freedom, right? Right, and you that have the is just That freedom is is just fantastic. But do this. I booked 11 nights in uh, over Thanksgiving in a resort. And I went there and I said, I'm going to write my next book there four hours a day, 44 hours. 
because it's all in your head. You had it, right? right? Yeah. So you make a presentation, you give the presentation, you figure the stories. And sure enough, I drafted out my next book over 11 days. And now I'm going back to uh, King. I'm going back to the DR in September. I'm going to finish it there. That's how Excellent. you do it. Go do a writer's retreat. That's right. Well, you gave me a simple system for the writer's retreat. So thank, thank you, Michael. Yeah, Thanks for coming it. on the show. Go awesome. do it. Go do I it. Like it. You got to get it like done. It. It'll be fun. Good. Well, thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.